following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Hey everyone, Chris Horbidell here, and welcome to the 10th episode of Tales from the Association. Quick note, thanks to everyone who's continued to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Please, please, please keep it up. It does really help us out. So my guest on this show is former Michigan State wing Maurice Ager. Mo, well, what can I say about Mo? He is, he's a different kind of guy, and I love getting the chance to talk to him. Mo is crazy in the absolute best way possible, and honestly, I'm not sure, but he just may be a genius. Since leaving the basketball world behind, he's gone on to a successful career in the music world, and we talk about that a good bit at the end. Check out his music and download the album if you're into it. Mo's a candid, honest guy who doesn't hold anything back. He was a great guest. Also, I have to give a special shout-out to MyBookie.ag, who's sponsoring the episode. Head over to MyBookie.ag, where they'll match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus if you use the promo code UNDERDOG at sign up. That's it for the intro. Here is this week's episode of Tales from the Association. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did making this one. Tales from the association, yeah, it's going down. This the podcast, yeah, you heard it all around. Players hit us with that career, cause you know that basketball, man, is not always there. Sometimes it come and go from the recruitment to the college phase, back to the NBA draft, yeah, that's not days. Playing internationally, and at the life at a basketball, man, they're gonna tell us all how it go. See, story is how now, now you know. Tales from the Association. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Tales from the Association. I'm Chris Horwardell. My guest today is former Michigan State guard turned NBA first round pick turned producer of the year nominee, Maurice Ager. Mo, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Oh, absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about your basketball journey and then uh, some of the stuff that's happened afterwards. You came out of Crockett High School in, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, what was that? What was recruiting like for you? Because, uh, you know, this is, I know this is kind of an interesting question to ask with everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Um, recruiting for me was, it was actually a fun process, man. I, I just remember being, uh, a sophomore at, you know, a Crockett mm-hmm. and I'm receiving my first college letter. And, um, I think my first college letter was from Kansas state. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, it was like one of the, that was a big deal for me. Sure. And, uh, you know, I used to always look at different players and stuff growing up and, you know, and they used to talk about their college recruits and, I mean, that process and everything. So it was cool to actually start getting letters and stuff. But, you know, once I got into my junior year, you know, recruiting got really healthy for me. But um, it was a fun process, man. You know, the recruiting process kind of included the AAU circuit, which was really fun for me as well. And uh, it got a bit stressful towards the end, as, you know, people know. Well, some people know that I actually committed to Missouri initially. Then I actually pulled out to actually go to um, Michigan State. Mm. So, yeah. What made you make that change? Man, uh, like I tell everybody else, I feel like my mom kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> she put the pressure on me. She was like, nah, she, like, she wasn't feeling Missouri. And, um, uh-huh. and quite frankly, you know, um, I wanted to honor her. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to stay closer to home. And um, that's pretty much what happened. You know, my mom was like, no, nah, I'm not letting you go to Missouri. And um, <laughs> it was the right choice. It was the right choice, man. <laughs> So your mother, in essence, was the best recruiter there could possibly be from Michigan State. She was. I think Tom Izzo won her, won her out of her heart over, man. <laughs> so, you know, th- there is a lot of stuff going on right now, and I'm not asking for any specifics or anything like that, but how aware, if at all, were you about sort of the nonsense going on around recruiting at that point? Uh, I was pretty aware, bro. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. you you stay at home, you play for Michigan State, you play 17 minutes a game as a freshman. What's that transition like from high school basketball to college for you? Man, it was so much faster, bro. Learning all the sets, you know, the three-hour practices. Right. The um the study halls, the class, it was it was it was beastie, man. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, having practice at 3:30 from having eight o'clock classes all the way up, tutor sessions and 
Mm-hmm. It was a beast, man. You know, being a student athlete was, was, was hard, man. Yeah, talk about that. What's life like as a student athlete? I don't think the average person understands just how much you guys have on your plate. Yeah, man. I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm always an advocate for us, man, because a lot of people don't show us enough compassion. So you have, like, you have like students who would be like, well, you know, you guys are on scholarship. And, but at the end of the day, we, we deserved it. We earned it. But see, we all, we, we had games. A lot of times we're flying from a game. Say we play Wisconsin, we won't get home till two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. We still have to, you know, um, do a team meeting afterwards. So we might not necessarily get back to our rooms or our dorms or our hotels. I mean, I'm sorry, to our apartments. To man, four or five in the morning, you still got to get up for eight o'clock class. Right. Still got to do, you know, your tutor session. You know, you have a um a small window to, you know, get lunch. Then you got to be ready to practice at three, three thirty. Right. And then after practice, you know, we got to go to training table, you know what I'm saying, eat as a team. And then after that, we have film. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, you might have some type of time at night. So our days were, were compact, man. I just feel like, you know, a lot of people don't give us enough credit for, for all of the work we have to do as student athletes, man. That's a lot. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people struggle like just regular students. You know, we had we had to win games. We had to, you know, pretty much uh, live up to our expectations and, you know, that's a lot of pressure for a person, man. And, you know, and um, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, stick up for people when they try to, like, say, well, you guys got it easy. No, mm-hmm. we don't. We just so happen to have a, a craft that's that's um enabling us to actually um have a scholarship and everything. But, and then, but, you know, they still come to the games and, you know, this, that, and the other. But, you know. Yeah. What do you think of the perception that some people have in terms of student, in terms of, like, high-level basketball players and football players that – Oh, they don't have to go to class. It's not hard for them. All of that. Hey, man, that's a false perception, man. I feel like, you know, I missed the state. We had to go to class. Yeah. I mean, one time, Tom Rizzo, you know, I was missing one of my math classes a couple of times. You know, I just wasn't going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, it was a couple of times I had to stay home and went to school. Man, I was so tired, bro. Sure. And um, I went to my theater class. <laughs> Guess who was there? Rizzo. <laughs> Cussed me out in front of the whole class, like the whole auditorium. You know, I, I took theater too, so the whole auditorium saw so Coach Izzo laying heat on me. <laughs> he was so mad. He was so mad that he, he started crying. Like, he started Wait. tearing up. Like, I didn't expect this from you. All the rest of these guys are missing classes, but not you, Mo. It was like, he just held me to a different standard, man. And But, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> well, you you got to take that as a compliment, though. Yeah, it's a compliment. At the same time, I was tired, man. At the same time, at the same time, I don't want to get yelled at in front of a bunch of people. Yeah, not in front of not in front of the regular students. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's fair. But, what, you know, what was it like playing for Tom Izzo? Man, it was it was tough, man. Tom was a you know um, really really tough coach. Learned a lot from him. Learned a lot of toughness, a lot of mental toughness. Um, you know, he's a family man, and um. Yeah, I got nothing but love for Coach Jizzo, man. He taught me a lot, you know. And, you know, I feel like I learned more um, how to be, you know, mentally strong off the court than on the court. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great experience, bro. How often do you guys uh, keep in touch, if at all, at this point? Uh, I haven't spoken to Jizzo in a while, but I plan on going out to Michigan State uh, for homecoming this month. So I'm sure we'll run into each other. Are you paying attention to these teams because this is a heck of a Michigan State team this year? Yeah, man. Hey, hey, we we're always we're always simply pretty. I'm sorry, we're always pretty good, man. So we'll see. You know, it's just just one of those things, man. I feel like <laughs> it's been a curse for us to be ranked so high in the beginning of the year, and we always struggle in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, so you've we got. Yeah, you've, I mean, you've got Miles who came back, and I don't think anybody saw that coming because this is probably a top ten pick in the NBA draft last year. What he had he declared? You know, you have this Jaron Jackson kid coming in. This is this is going to be a heck of a Michigan State team, and it's just I'm glad to hear that from everything you're telling me about coaches and all of that, we won't be they won't be popping up on ESPN anytime soon, and we don't have to worry about anything happening at this program. As far as like getting in trouble and stuff like that. As far as getting in trouble. Nah, nah, man. You don't really hear about Michigan State basketball players getting in trouble. You know, not while we're there. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, well, well, moving right along. So uh, your big step up at school came between that sophomore and junior season. You scored 14 points a game, almost four rebounds, and you shot 40% from three. Did you consider going pro after that junior season? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, man. After we played North Carolina, in my mind, I was like, I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? I was ready. <laughs> I got going. We had, to, we had the game to score. had 25. You know what I'm saying? We lost, but I'm like, hey, man, shoot. Right. If I had 25 on the fourth, I feel like uh, it's time for me to get out of here. But, you know, I feel like it was a cool choice to come back. I'm glad I saved them. What ended up making that decision for you? Huh? What ended up making that decision for you? Because it, it seems like you did very interested in leaving. Um, I kind of just broke it down. I feel like I needed to get better. And um, quite frankly, man, I feel like, you know, coming back that next year, I would have been able to accomplish more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I came in an All-American my, my senior year, mm-hmm. um, preseason All-American. I had one of the best college games in, in college history against Gonzaga. You know yes. what I'm saying? Um, done some amazing things my senior year. Of course, we came up short. Um, but, you know, a few things that factored in, of course, was, you know, where I was going to be drafted. And I wasn't sure, you know. Um, they were saying anywhere late first round. But, you know, that ended up being, I ended up being late first round anyway. But, so, I mean, who knows what happened if I had left after my junior year. But it is what it is. Yeah, you uh, kind of brush over, like you said, one of the greatest games in college basketball history that, that came against Gonzaga and the Maui International, the Maui Invitational Tournament. And uh, obviously you played a giant part in that yourself. You scored the 35-36 and you had the three to send the game into overtime against that Adam Morrison team up. You guys came up a little bit short, but what what was playing in that game like? Because you were right. That is one of the sort of pinnacle games in college basketball history. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I just felt good in Maui, man. I might move to Maui, man. It might be my lucky place to live, bro. <laughs> but, How, um, what, about, what, what about going against Morrison? How good was Morrison? Oh, Morrison was great. We actually played against each other the summer before at the Nike camp. And, um, yeah, we gave each other hell then, too. So, I like Adam Morrison. He's a great guy, man. Kind of feel like the refs are cheating. I mean, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> if you go back and watch the game, he will tell you, like, man, at least two or three of those fouls were not even – I didn't even touch okay. anybody. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, were you at all surprised that he didn't have a better pro career? Uh, I don't really think I cared that much, to be honest. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so, glad he was able to. I think he won a ring, right? So, I, so that definitely is uh, is all that matters. What are he won, a, he won the title, right? Oh God, I think so. I think so, but I don't with have it in front of me. It that, that sounds like it's right with LA. Yeah, I believe he won one. So you know, he had an okay career. He had a better career than me. <laughs> well, I mean, but you're you've moved moved on to other things at this point. Adam is. Uh, yeah. I imagine Adam's just sitting around watching old Gonzaga tape. Yeah, he's a um, film coordinator, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's definitely watching film. <laughs> uh, and every every once in a while, his games sneak into that mix. Yeah, man. Adam Morrison's a great guy, man. I'm happy that he was able to find something else out of the as well, man. You know, um, you know, certain people have great college careers like myself. And, you know, and uh, NBA didn't work out as well, if I wanted as I wanted to, but quite frankly, man, my mind and my heart was on other things. That's you know, even when I got drafted, you know, I was ready to take care of my mom and get some years in the NBA, and um, I was ready to you know, kind of move on and do other things in life, man. I mean, I just kind of wanted people to respect me more, respect me for more than just basketball, man. And yeah. um, and it's still been uh, it's been a work in progress. Sure, you know what I'm saying. I, I I'm proving it to myself first. You know what I'm saying. So. It's one of those things where it's like I just want to show not only that I'm talented off the court, but I want to show other people that they can be talented off the court as well and encourage, you know, expand themselves instead of, you know, putting themselves in a box and just feeling like basketball is the only thing that they have in their life. Right. Well, I've talked to a, a lot of people doing these, Mo, and uh, you get a lot of politically correct answers. And I, I certainly appreciate how refreshingly honest you are with your answers. Ah, oh, man, I appreciate it, bro. I mean, that's the cool part about, you know, um, not necessarily being, you know, in the NBA any longer. And, of course, I'm a part of the, the, the brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, freedom of speech feels good. And that was another thing that felt good for me as well, to be able to have freedom of speech and say the things I want, do the things I want, and um, not feel like I'm going to get penalized for it. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So now it's like I'm on my own grind. So 
of course I take care of myself. I don't do a bunch of crazy stuff, but I love freedom of speech, man. And, um, and you know, that's a part of who I am. So. Sure. So let's uh let's go back to the Michigan State days. You know, senior season's over. Nineteen point three points game, huge senior season, all of that. I think you checked a lot of the boxes you were hoping to check. What's going on in preparation for the draft? And uh, you know how how crazy is that individual workout process? Uh, I broke the record for the NBA post. I mean preseason workouts. Okay, I think I had like twenty five twenty six. Jesus. So a year after that, I think they changed the rules to maybe players only have like fourteen fifteen workouts. I tried to look up that online. It's somewhere online you can find it. Uh-huh. But I actually broke that record, so uh, I actually put that work in, bro. And uh, I worked out for everything except for the team I got drafted from. <laughs> I even worked out for teams twice. I just knew I was going to be at least drafted in the top 17, 18. Uh-huh. I was thinking I was going to Utah or Philly or even Chicago or Cleveland. I mean, I worked out for Cleveland. No, no, I worked out for Houston twice. I worked out for Utah twice. Um, and so, who else twice? I can't remember. But um, yeah. What is and, that like? Um, is that a little bit insulting? Be, you know, you work out twenty five teams, and somebody who doesn't work you out is a team that picks you. No, it's not insulting. It was dope. I mean, um, it was. I, you know, it was cool to play for Mark Cuban, man. I oh, feel yeah. like I went to. The, I feel like the universe set that up for me, man. To be able to learn from Mark Cuban. I mean, I feel like that was the, the greatest experience I had, you know, in the NBA. One of the greatest experiences I had was to sit by Mark Cuban every day on the plane mm. and pick his brain. Yeah, you know, in, and my, my heart always wanted to be my – yeah, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So to be able to sit by him and just you know, build with him, and, you know, and to this day, you know, he still gives me testimonials. And, you know, he's really supportive of my post-NBA career. And um, it was pretty dope, man, to be able to – you know, party with them and, uh-huh. you know, deal with, with Cube, man. You know, <laughs> I respect that guy. Yeah, Cuban is a, a shockingly good guy, it seems like. Uh, you know, there was a thing early when he bought the Mavericks and he put he would put his email address up on the big screen for the fans to, to email him. And I was like, oh, this, this can't be serious. Like, this guy, with everything he's got going on, he's not going to take the time to answer everybody. And just, just to see what was going to happen, I sent him some, like, kind of jokey email. That was the year... Uh, the Mavericks got Sean Bradley from the Sixers and I got a response back within a day from Cuban. That was just like one of the coolest things, how good a guy that is. Yeah, man. You know what? You know, I'm kind of the same way, bro. I feel like uh, that kind of rubbed off on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it helps me and sometimes it's not as good for me just to be, just to be real, bro. Like, like I'm one of those type of people. Like I actually speak to people on my Twitter, my Instagram. I reach out to people. I retweet people stuff. And Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm really open with people. And like I said, sometimes it works in my favor. And sometimes I'm like, damn, people will take advantage of that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's good, man, to be down earth, man. There's no reason for us to act like we're, you know, uh, better than anyone. You know what I'm saying? We all know it's levels, but at the same time, you know, I mean, it'll make somebody day to be able to get a response from, you know, someone who played in the NBA and doing certain, you know, doing cool things, man. Right. How aware of that are you? Because you're right. That's, that's a very interesting thing that you sort of, have the ability to make the day of somebody else just by being like, Hey man, what's up? How are you? Man, I think people take that for granted. For sure. You know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, mentally, man, I'm, I'm a scientist, bro. And I understand. I studied, um, I studied the mind. I studied people. I mm-hmm. studied metaphysics. You know what I'm saying? So I studied law of attraction. I studied all the universal laws and I understand these laws. You know, I know that what you do for others is what you really do for yourself. And a lot of people don't get that. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm, uh, if even if I like someone's photo, yeah. you know, that, that that person feel good about that. I made somebody feel good. Right. Come on, man. What do you think is going to happen for me? Even if it's even, I mean, I don't know what shape or form that might come in, but, you know, either way, I got to be grateful, you know, for whatever um, reciprocation that I get from that. So, yeah, man, people take that for granted, man. I feel like it's easy to be like, yeah, man, hey, good job or a retweet. Like, that's easy. Like, what's so right. hard about that? You got these quote unquote celebrities who think, Oh, you know, my brand, my brand, man, who gives a damn about your brand, man, help people, man. It's like, we don't get to these levels not to be able to get back in some type of way. You know what I'm saying? So I understand that, man. So I feel like that's why I'm blessed now. You're right. It is shockingly simple. Some of that stuff too, be it just like you said, a retweet or a like, or a quick response to somebody who asks a question. Yeah. Man, like, I'm not on Twitter all day, but 
you know, if somebody asks me a question and I see it, yeah, I sure want Especially right. if it ain't nothing bad. Right, right. So, you end up going 28 in the 2006 NBA draft. What's going through your mind on draft night? Man, uh, shoot, man. Well, I was getting drafted. I mean, mm-hmm. I was nervous as hell, bro, just sitting in that, you know, sitting in that green room. And it was nerve-wracking, man. I just clearly remember sitting there for hours, man, waiting for these people to call my name. I'm sipping on this a cup of uh, juice. and I had no damn juice in it no more. The ice was melted. I'm still... <laughs> Slip, slurp, slurping out the cup like someone's gonna magically appear. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I got drafted, I just broke down in tears, bro. It was just like I just felt like all of the uh, hard work paid off. Uh, I felt good because I, I knew that you know I was gonna be able to get my out of Detroit and just kind of set myself up. You know what I'm saying? To use basketball and the NBA as a platform for myself. And uh, you know, in, in my heart, you know, I was like, damn, I kind of wish I would have had a, a better career. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I'm always going to take the blame for that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't do all the right things that I needed to do in order to have a successful career. But nonetheless, man, you know, uh, things happen the way they're supposed to, and I believe that. So, uh, you know, all is well, man. And um, I'm happy where you're, I'm, I'm content in where I'm at right now. Uh, and, and I'm still building, man. I'm building in all areas of my life. And um, I'm using everything that I have to, to make myself a better person and, uh, and you know, serve humanity and, and you know, so on, man. Definitely. Is there somebody who you were sure they were going to pick you and just, it's, it you know, maybe it bugged you a little bit on draft night that you, you thought if I'm, if I'm available when these guys pick, they're probably going to take me. Uh, the Knicks. Uh, I, I mean, I worked out for the Knicks. Isaiah Thomas looked me dead in my damn eyeballs and tell me like, Hey man, if you're, if you're still around, <laughs> you like, just know that you won't make it past 20, you know, because uh, <laughs> the Knicks had the 20th pick. He's like, yeah. no, you won't make it past the 20th pick. So, this, you know, he basically told me that it was on the draft. And I'm like, shit, at least I'm going to the Knicks. Okay. Man, they drafted Ronaldo Baltman, man. <laughs> oh, my God, that was amazing. Was like, the, 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 yeah, the New York man, fans went nuts. I think they was booing and shit, right? Yeah, and I think Spike Lee said something like, uh, like he, didn't, he clearly didn't know who it was. And he's like, oh, this is a sleeper or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what Isaiah told me. You know, it's funny, man, because Isaiah Thomas was, like, my favorite player growing up, you know, the Pistons and everything. Mm-hmm. For him to, like, you know what I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's a business, though, man. Sure. It's a business. I can really take that person. But I just knew I was at least going to go to Nick. You know what I'm saying? So, Still, I mean, yeah. Ronaldo Balkman, come on. Come yeah. On. Um, what, 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 yeah, now, what are you doing? I don't have the slightest idea what Ronaldo Balkman's up to these days. Like, Rondo went one pick after that, and Lowry was a couple after that. If it was one of those guys, at least, like, all right. You know, yeah, th- they're yeah, still in the um, NBA, but I mean, Ronaldo yeah. Balkman. Yeah, he actually did solid for them. Though. I mean, he, you know, he got some good menacing. Uh, Balkman, Balkman is playing with uh, Capitanes de Arecibo. I could not tell you where that is. What is that? It's some international team. I could not tell you. I could not tell you where. I mean, I'm sure I. Let's find out. We'll, we will, we'll find out together. Mo. Okay. Capitanes de Arecibo is in the Puerto Rican ba- uh, Professional Basketball League. Oh, that's not like a foreign car company. <laughs> he's, he's selling cars and trying to sell BMWs or something. Yeah, they're selling BMW, BMW dump trucks and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying, man. Ronaldo's great. Uh, yeah, that's what you have to say at the end of that. Um so at that point, you know, you're drafted, goals achieved, you're a professional. What's it like walking into the facility for the first time, being teamed with guys like Dirk Nowitzki? Uh, man, I was nervous. I was nervous, man. It was pretty cool. I mean, honestly, you know, Dirk didn't come until later, later on that year. I mean, I, I was seeing. I mean, later on, uh, closer towards the season. Mm. Well, I was seeing him every now and then, but uh, he wasn't around a lot. You know, he came. Uh, I want to say around September, early September, when we started, you know, doing like uh, open gyms and stuff like that. Yeah. But it was cool, man. You know, I was excited, you know, to meet people like Stackhouse and Josh Howard and uh, Jason Terry, man. Those guys were pretty cool, man. Um, I like those guys, man. To this day, I still respect. Yeah, the Stackhouse thing drives me crazy because, you know, he was a Sixer on those Iverson teams. I'm, I'm a 76ers fan. And for yeah. whatever reason, it just didn't work out with him in Philly. And I always thought he should have had a much better career there. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I had a lot to do with Alan Iverson, though, bro. Well, that's certainly true. It's uh, Alan's a tough person to build a team around. Yeah, sure. That ain't even, you know, that's a fact at this point. You know, you know that. And can I tell you what? It, it honestly bothers me because this guy is so beloved in Philadelphia. And then, you know, this stuff, look, I know stuff happens and people want to enjoy their lives, and that's that's great. And, and I have no problem with that. But it'll be a, they had the, uh, the big three. Or whatever, yeah. What's big three ice cubes league? They played in uh, in Philly, and you know he's a player coach for one of the teams, and didn't even show up. Like, come he on, didn't show up at all? he didn't show up at all. Like, he was a he was a oh. late scratch. Like, come on, what the hell? I mean, yeah, stuff like that. I, mean, I don't know. Man. Should, Just show some get away with Martin. Just uh, like that. That and know. by all accounts, he he enjoyed playing in Philly. I mean, there was he got traded to Denver, came back, you know, and and. Did the thing where he, he kissed the Sixers logo at midcourt when he came back, all of that. But, I mean, just – like, that town was great to you. I know that you – obviously, he did a lot for them as well. But, you know, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big advocate of, of showing respect to people who show respect to you. Yeah, there's always next year. Yeah, he might show up. <laughs> I, I I'm not counting you on know, it. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, can you be surprised, though? I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know. Yeah, that's it, that was tough because you know, you're talking about one of the most talented people to ever play basketball, and it's also one of the people who is the toughest, toughest players to play basketball to ever build a team around. Yeah, we had a, I mean, yeah. we had to trade every good player we had for guys like Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, you know, Tony Two Coach, Dikembe, Tyrone Hill, guys who would not shoot the basketball. Right. Well, right. whatever. I'm not going to complain. One year, no, they had a good year when they went to the finals. The uh, Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue. I will uh, I will never forget that. I imagine Lue will never be allowed to forget that. Yeah, Lue got some wings, though. He, he does. He do, Well, on the back of Shaq and, Shaq and those guys. But, but, uh, uh, and, ha, ha, and you're absolutely, well, yeah, on the back of LeBron James and those guys. How yeah, much? I mean, some people are fortunate, though, man. So, what do you call it? For sure. How much do you think that you know, like Spolstra was a big example of this when with those Miami teams. You know, the average fan wasn't the the biggest fan of uh, or didn't have the most respect for Spolstra as a head coach, warranted or not. And they felt like LeBron and Dwayne and Chris Bosh carried him to a couple of championships. Like, how much do you think that one player really means in the NBA? Uh, what one player? Like far as like, um, let's let's talk one superstar. Um, it means a lot. I mean, it's just, I mean, if you got LeBron James on your team, I feel like you have a chance to win every year. But yeah, um, it all depends. It's like what, what type of star you are we dealing with? You got a Westbrook, you got a Melo, and then you have a a KD or mm-hmm. a, um a Steph Curry. It's like these guys are all very important to their teams, and you know it's kind of hard to win without a superstar so it's just uh it's very important you know unless you have the san antonio spurs who tend to win who have guys who are you know solid players you know like tim and i wasn't necessarily he was a star but he wasn't Hmm. like one of those guys who we look forward to seeing every night but yeah he was a boring superstar yeah he was super boring (laughs) what do you think uh you think westbrook and Melo can work out together in oklahoma city no no just flat no I mean, not enough balls. Bro, I, don't, I can't see it. unless Westbrook just do some like, all right, he won MVP. So he, he's proven that he can, you know, carry himself as one of the greatest players, one of the greatest players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would just see how, how he's matured. You know, um, obviously this is going to be. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing is like, has Westbrook matured enough to be like, you know what? All right, let me. Now I got some like come on man Paul George in my opinion Paul George is top ten in the league yeah in my opinion um, Melo he probably still flirts around the top ten a little bit you know he's probably a little bit outside of it now at this point but um, he's gonna have to be able to he's gonna have to be a you have to be a point guard man you know simple and plain you know and all of those guys are are are, um, are ball hawks so it's like, yes <laughs> they're all one on one players so it's right. like I don't know bro I really don't know well that's the thing I don't the think people work. The point guard position in the NBA is basically gone. Now you just give the ball to your best player and say, figure it out. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I'm interested to see what type of style of play they have, man. I, just, right. I don't know. It's, it's, 
you know, because Westbrook is up-tempo. Um, Paul George is a guy that needs the ball at the top of the key to go one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Melo likes the ball in the mid-post. Like, how is that really going to work? You know what I'm saying? I, I just I just can't see it. You know what I'm saying? But we always have to wait and see. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. And that first game against the Knicks to start the, start the season for the Thunder, that's going to be great. Yeah. But a lot I of think, isolation um, players on that team. Huh? A lot of ISO players on that team, though. A lot of who? A lot of isolation players. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're going to have a – I don't know, bro. I, just, <laughs> I really can't put it together, man. I, I don't – I wish Paul George would have went to Cleveland, to be honest with you. Well, what did you think of I, – first of all, I think the, the Cleveland thing is fascinating. And do you think it's fair to say they know LeBron is gone? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Because I think, especially since it came out that Cleveland turned down that that Tristan Thompson for Carmelo trade, I think that is basically like the biggest sign that Cleveland knows LeBron's not coming back, regardless of what happens. Because theoretically, they could have put him together with his uh, you know banana boat buddies Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade, and you would think that if there was any chance of him staying, that would be that chance. Yeah, but you know. We'll see what happens, man. Some people think he's going back to Miami, but uh, who knows, man? If he want, I feel like if he want another ring this year with with Cleveland, um, he probably exercise the option, man, and just do something. Oh, Miami stop it! Cleveland. He's he's he might as well already be a Laker. You think he's he's going to go to the Lakers? I think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, they're already looking at schools. I know that they like the pet. They he's like, oh yeah, I was just looking for a place to work out, and I went to this middle school gym with my wife. I don't really buy that one. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to to the team he has now, man. He got a bunch of uh, former MVP players on the team, so you see, <laughs> it's like yeah. they have a uh, they just have a bunch of guys who feel like they have something like just guys who were great three, four, five years ago, like right. Wade, who, who was like arguably damn near like about to be the next Jordan at one point. Yeah. <laughs> then you got like Derrick Rose, who was just man, you know, incredible. Mm-hmm. You got guys. Who else do they have? Uh, well, you have you have Love, you have Isaiah Thomas, Crowder. That's that. It's the deepest team they've ever had for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, Isaiah Thomas is 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 healthy and uh, he can do what he does. I want to see Cleveland win. Though. I mean, I, I definitely want to see them win. Well, my uh, my wonderful girlfriend is a is a Cleveland sports fan, and her family was. It was awkward, Mo, because they were actually here. When uh, when Cleveland lost to the Warriors uh, in the finals this year, and you know, I, I like I said, I was born in born in, in California, moved to Pennsylvania for a long time. Now I'm back in California, and that my first love in terms of basketball was, were those like Mitch Richmond, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, Run TMC teams. So mm-hmm. I've I've always kind of had that Warriors fandom, even though I would call myself a Sixers fan, and it's very awkward losing uh, having like hardcore Cleveland sports people lose to the team that you're supporting in your house yeah yeah it's a that's a that's a fascinating team this year you're absolutely right yeah that should be you know Tristan thomas i just don't know what's going to happen with like an iman shumpert and, and jr smith i just mm-hmm. really shumpert's yeah, got to get I'm, traded right yeah i think it's yeah it sounds about right no I, mean, I feel like jay crowder jay crowder is better than iman sharp oh yeah both ends of the form, my team. oh yeah so yeah i feel like you can go ahead and Get Iman up out of there. Crowder, <laughs> Crowder is one of the best players that people don't talk about. Man, he's tough, man. He's yeah, you, good to me. You win championships with Jay Crowder. You don't win championships with uh. I mean, I, I know I know they did win a championship with J.R. Smith, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean Brown loves J.R. Smith though, so uh, you know. I don't get it. You know Brown. Uh, because you know they kind of came out at the same time in high school. He always felt like uh, J.R. Smith was. I don't want to say picked on, but, you know, kind of like a, a, a underdog. Not really underdog, but just one of those guys. He was like, oh, man, he kind of he wanted, he kind of wanted to be like a saving grace for J.R. Smith. You, you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah I got like, you. He's trying to get people to be like, you know what, J.R.'s a great guy. Uh, and you got to, you know, you got to admire that about a person like LeBron, man. LeBron James don't have to do that. But he's oh, no, doing sure. it, so it's just like, that speaks to his character. You did.
Acho, I'm excited about our first sponsor, MyBookie, because it's a site I use myself, it's a site I trust, and frankly, it's a site I already recommended to my friends. So when they reached out to us about sponsoring the podcast, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a fitting first sponsorship for us. They're an absolute go-to for sports betting. It's that time of the year, and I've been thinking about holiday cash. We all need it, and I know where to get it. MyBookie is a place to score some serious cash on your sports predictions. Yes. Very serious. I'm, I'm excited to hear about what some of those examples are here later on, Chris. While the season means plenty of parties and gifts and spending, it also means there's lots of football, lots of basketball, lots of hockey games that you can score big on every day and earn some extra money. That's right. Who can't use a little more of that white-hot hockey cash in their pocket this holiday season? So look, we all know seeing our families is wonderful, but let's not kid ourselves. It gets to be a lot. I've got this little trick I use to keep the holidays fun for me, and that's betting on a few games over at MyBookie. Nice. So uh, I'm not the only one, eh? Absolutely not. I'm always up for doubling my cash. They have odds on every matchup in a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. This weekend, we have a bunch of great games on the NFL schedule. What game do you like the most, don't you? Oh, man. I'm a glutton for punishment. The <laughs> Packers are 15-point underdogs. Oh, boy. 15-point underdogs on Sunday night. I know that Brett Hundley looked absolutely horrible last weekend, but come on, man. I like the Packers to cover 15 in Pittsburgh on Sunday night. What do you think of that? I can't, I can't disagree with that. I mean, Hundley can't be that bad twice in a row, right? I, I mean, all right, so the Packers go down. They're, they're about to score a touchdown and go up 7 nothing, which might have been enough against Joe Flacco last week. And they go down the field. Hundley throws a terrible interception in the end zone. They turned over the ball five times last week. That has got to correct somehow. I, I just I can't imagine it happening again. I like them to cover. 15 is just too many points. All right. The Green Bay Packers are your pick for the week. And uh, our listeners can take that to the bank. <laughs> they can take it to the bank. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all of your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. We have a nice bonus exclusively for our listeners. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit for up to a 50% bonus if you use the promo code UNDERDOG at sign up. Yeah, so everybody, listen. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Yeah, no. well, see, my issues with LeBron is uh, it was that whole. I th I think people would have a very different opinion of him, especially when he left Cleveland for Miami in the first place. If it wasn't for that whole decision nonsense on ESPN, where he basically, you know, took a dump on an entire city by making this a big public thing. When they had, come on, we all know that they had known for years that this was the plan. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean. <laughs> I, I, I really don't even have a real opinion about that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like these, these organizations, they screw us over all the time. So That's it's true. Like, I mean, how can we get mad at the second greatest player of all time if he want to, you know, exercise his options to do what he wants? Behind Michael? Yeah, man. <sighs> I mean, where do you put Kobe in that they, list? I, no, I, I put yeah, I put him third. I, I go ahead. Michael, Kobe, Brian, Magic. And um, five, I, I really don't care. You can, put whoever. you can interchange that 20 times if you want to. Well, I mean, Wilt's, Wilt's got to be in that conversation, too. I don't know. Wilt was playing against guys my height. Yeah, and, but he just – Wilt's – I mean, you average 50 in a season. You average 25 rebounds in a season. And he did have a guy named Bill Russell playing at the same time, too. But uh, he yeah. was so good that he just decided one year he wanted to lead the league in assists, and he did it. Yeah. I mean, you can put him in there. I'm not saying you can't. You can put Shaq in there too. It's like you can put Shaq there. You can throw. Um, I mean, if you really, really want to, you can throw Hickey Olajuwon in there. It's mm. like, Larry Bird. You can throw Bird in there. Bird can be at that fifth spot. Um, sure. Who else? Um, if you really wanted to, some people might put Tim Duncan in there. It's like I feel like that fifth spot is up for grabs. Yeah. You know, the old heads might throw Oscar Robinson in there. You know, Doctor J. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a new I'm more of on a new school side, so I'm gonna go ahead and you know rock with the, the MJ Kobe Brian Brian, um, 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 um Magic. Magic, and then shit, you can throw Kareem right there. You well, you, you gotta show love to Magic. That's a Michigan State guy. 
Yeah, yeah. He's incredible, but man, man, was that jump shot ugly? That shit was terrible. (laughs) People forget how bad that jump shot was. Yeah, this jump shot looked terrible. But uh, the other parts of the game were definitely there. I'm hoping. See, we got a uh, we've got Ben Simmons playing point guard, which I think is strange. But we've got him playing point guard now, and I'm hoping that that's the kind of thing that we get from from Ben. I, he's not going to be magic, but if he could be magic light, I would be good with that. Yeah. What about the guy that they drafted though? He's going to start at the point, right? No. Well. Well. So we're in this era of positionless basketball, uh, but. Ben Simmons is going to be the guy who is going to have the ball on offense. He's going to be the point guard on offense and guard five and guard fours. But Fultz is going to be, you know, he'll be the secondary ball handler. He's going to be more of a scorer. I think people look at him more of like a James Harden, who I, I know ironically is a point guard, but we both know that he's not a point guard. No. So. Yeah, you know, the game has changed, though. You know, it's, it's a lot more unorthodox now, which is cool. You know, Steph Curry, in my opinion, he's, he's not a point guard. He's just a, no. uh, a guy that he's obviously undersized to be a two, but you know, he's, he's, he's just a, a hooper. Like, mm-hmm. like he's just hooper, man. It's like, you put hoopers on the court and, and y'all, you know, see how y'all mess, you know, uh, I feel like, like a team like Golden State, they just got a team full of playmakers. Yeah. Nobody's a point guard. Draymond, Draymond Green is a point guard. <laughs> Sometimes it's like KD is a point guard. So I feel like, you know, that could be the same thing with the Sixers. You know what I mean? They got some guys that can make some plays. Don't you kind of feel like Draymond is that guy who actually makes that team go? Because just the unselfishness that he plays with, the defensive intensity he plays with, he's the tone setter on defense, brings the ball up, stretches the court. Curry's incredible. Durant is incredible. Klay Thompson, I don't love Klay Thompson, but he's a good basketball player. But I, I really feel like Draymond is the guy who allows that team to work. Yeah, he's the best overall player, for a fact. It's like No Michigan State bias. You know what I'm saying? It's like KD, of course, is a, a the most one of the most dynamic scorers in history. Yeah. For his height, handling the ball, but it's like you know that team doesn't want chances without Jeremiah Green at all. Yeah. Durant's incredible though. I uh through through no uh no value of my own, I ended up playing in a pickup game with Durant at UCLA the year after he got drafted, and a bunch of pros in the gym, and basically I was just standing in the corner hoping to get the ball, but. Durant is that guy is incredible to be that tall. I don't. I don't think I saw him miss all day. You say you never. You seen what? I don't think I saw him miss all day. Yeah, yeah, that's that don't really happen. Okay, B. Let's uh let's get back to you real quick and wrap up your story, Mo. So, played for Avery Johnson. What was uh what was playing for Avery Johnson like? Uh, it was a little bit like playing for Izzo. You know, they both were like tough guys, real generals. Uh, Avery was really hard on me. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know how fond he was of me, but you know, uh, he, you know, he was, he's a good X's and O guy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I don't think that you know he was the greatest people person. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of players would agree with that. But um, you know, he he was a good, great coach. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I respected him. And uh, that the next season, you get traded to New Jersey as part of that Jason Kidd trade. What's it like being traded for the first time? Uh, it was actually cool for me at that point. I, I was like, man, I, I felt like it was going to be a, a change for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to get traded at that point because, you know, I wasn't really getting that much playing time, yeah. you know, with the Mavericks. You know, I had my bright and shining moments, but, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't getting a lot of consistent minutes. I thought that I was going to go to New Jersey and get a lot of playing time, but, you know, that didn't happen. But uh, it, it was cool, man. I, yeah, I enjoyed the experiences of living in New Jersey, man. I, I lived, living in New York, mm. you know. I'll be real with you, like I didn't, I didn't get a lot of minutes, so you know. Right. At that time, I'm, man, I just enjoyed my life. You know, what I'm saying? I went out, you know, I met people. You know, what I'm saying I, I started networking my music. You know, mm. I started going to different studios. I took advantage of the market when I was out there, bro. And um, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for myself that I did because you know I just put it out to the universe that you know I knew at one point in time I was going to be doing entertainment. And music and stuff. So, although I didn't necessarily play a lot at New Jersey, you know what I'm saying, I still took advantage of living out there, you know. You think it's fair to say that maybe you wouldn't be as far along in your secondary profession if not for that trade to the Nets? Uh, no. I never thought about that, bro. I feel like everything we do in life is, is you know, pretty much uh, springboards us for the next parts, you know, the next portions in our life. So sure. I think that it, uh, it, it definitely played a part. You know, I feel like just living out there, it just it, 
it gave me it gave me different dynamics. You know what I mean? It made me more cultural. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And being able to just you know, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to say I was a man in New York, but I got a lot of love out there. You know what I'm saying? It's like wherever I went, they treated right. me like really in New York. Like when people say things about like New York, like even I didn't, I wasn't even playing like that, but it's just like I, I got along with people really well. You know what I'm right. saying? I feel like those qualities itself is it's kind of helped me now, you know what I'm saying? Cause, um, you know, I developed those things, you know, and just, it, I just felt like it was cool just to be out there, man. I'm on 25th birthday party out there, man. A lot of people showed up and it was, it was just love. So, uh, you know, I met a lot of industry people, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, I talked to them about music back then. So for them, you know, hopefully they're watching, you know, they say that like, okay, he stuck with it. You know, a lot of guys who, who said they're going to do something, you know, they pretty much, uh, you know, quit. And that's mm-hmm. that. You know, that's one of the things that that makes it hard for people like me. You know, I just like be wanting people to see, like, look, I've been consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys, if it didn't work out the first year, they run back to the NBA, and I had that opportunity, I had that choice, but I had so much faith and confidence in myself, and I like, I was just like, now nah, I'm gonna stick with it. And, and quite frankly, it wasn't no going back for me. I feel like once I made that decision, it was it was it. So right. you know, I have my I'm, I have my up and ups and downs and. And it's been tough, bro. It's definitely been tough because outside of just, you know, trying to survive or not survive, but uh, create and um, develop a new uh, uh, niche for myself outside of basketball, mm-hmm. it, it's something completely new. Because when you spend your whole entire life hooping, you don't you miss out on certain things that most people get. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But on vice versa, you know, I have the mental capacity, the the, the, the mental strength the the um the durability to be able to get through hardships that most people don't have because they didn't play sports. So when I say that I missed out on certain things that people uh, nowadays uh, may have that I didn't, you know, certain people learned how to make money because they they spent you know fifteen twenty years just learning how to make money working and doing mm-hmm. certain things. And so these are the things that I'm still learning now. You know, becoming a a great businessman and and being able to um you know, leverage all of my, my talents and my accolades and using those as, as business opportunities for myself. And those are the things I've been able to learn in the past seven years. And um, quite frankly, I feel like, you know, um, I've been one of NBA sacrifices along the lines of me putting myself out on a line and putting myself in scenarios to where I had to do that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's a scary thing to be like, okay, I know I'm not going to be getting these huge checks every month, but I believe in myself. And, and I'm not only doing this for myself, you know, my brother's the one that one day going to come to me, like, after they retire, like, yo, bro, how did you make that transition? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like one of the proudest moments that I've had outside of basketball was going back and speaking to all the NBA teams. And, and you know, we did a transi- we did a um, transition program last year, and I spoke to all the NBA, all 31 teams, man, you know, and, and it felt good to be in front of my peers and, and me still young looking, and, mm-hmm. you know, they like, oh, and, and they was able to relate to me. So I feel like, you know, as long as I'm out here doing my thing and, and, and taking the bumps and the bruises, I feel like I'm taking the bumps and the bruises for a lot of our guys. So when they come to me, when I'm doing consulting <laughs> and I'm charging a fee oh, sure. to consult these guys, you know what I'm saying, it it, 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 will, it will resonate with them. I'm like, nah, you don't want to do that. Ooh, yeah, 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 man, make that move. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. But it, it all makes sense soon. It all makes sense soon. And um, time to tell everything, man. I just got to continue to stay focused and – and continue to believe in myself, man. You know, I just dropped that new Mohouse album. It's an up-tempo dance album. Uh, um, it has, uh, what, 14 tracks on it. I produced it, wrote it. Um, and um, it's incredible. And uh, it's feel-good music. It's high energy. Uh, and, and it's dope. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's something different from my prior music. So, like, I'm just, comp- I'm always showing people, like, look, man, let's keep evolving. Right. And um, and, and that's what it's about. You think it's fair to say that uh, the best way to succeed is kind of just to throw yourself completely into it and not give yourself a fallback? Because you talked about you talked about potentially having the opportunity to go back to the NBA, but that's sort of that's sort of a an allowance of failure. And you sort of can't if you want to succeed, you can't. There can't be anything but success. There can't be another option. Yeah, man, you got to add nuts, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is what it is, dog. Like it ain't no other way around it, bro. You you, you can't. I don't know any, I mean, what game changer, you know, that's, you know, like, yeah, man, we know it's just going to work on my, nah, man, we right. all had enough heart and, and, and bravery to be like, man, you know what, I'm just going to do it, man. And we right. know that we're going to struggle and suffer in certain areas, man. It's like right now I'm rebuilding in, in certain areas of my life. You know, I've become a minimalist because of, uh, uh, you know, the finances are, 
quite the same, but at the same time, I, I'm a minimal. I, I, I live a minimal lifestyle right now. You know what I'm saying? And, until I'm ready to, you know, uh, have a bunch of stuff, which I'm not in a rush to. But mm-hmm. those are all adjustments, dog. So it's just like, ain't no going backwards, man. Like I, right. I get it, and there's times where I'm like, dang, man, did I make the right choice? And then I go back and look at all the things I accomplished. I'm like, dang, man, I got busy in these past seven years, man. It's just like awards, Grammy nominations. You know, I'm an international speaker now. Mm-hmm. Um, you dig what I'm saying? I, I get booked to go host events. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a Moager Hoop School, which is a basketball enrichment program. I have a Moager Outreach Program, which is pretty much a, um, my service program to where it's like, you know, it, it includes, you know, my big brother program where I mentor youngsters, mm-hmm. um, you know, just providing a service. So it was like, man, I, I have to sometimes use my own uh, accolades and, and some of the things that I accomplished to keep my own, myself going. Because sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, dang, man, how come I ain't getting, how come I ain't getting the props? How come I ain't getting right. the re-likes, um, the retweets? And, but, you know, um, those are the things that's tough, but uh, I got to keep going. And um, I think one of the toughest things is um, getting people to buy in to something other than just basketball, man. Because yeah. people, people can't get past it. Like, I, I get it. I was a great NBA, I mean, I was a great um, college player. You know, I've, I've had an NBA career, played mm-hmm. five years professionally. It's almost like certain people can't. Uh, right. that, that's what you are. A, yeah, they, they still have a hard time seeing the dynamic side of who I am. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not my problem. But eventually, you know what I mean, 100 years from now, they're going to be writing books about me. So it's cool. Well, you don't lack in confidence. I, I appreciate that. And, yeah, and it's kind of the thing where, like, failure and struggle are just sort of steps on that ladder of success yeah man it's it's a definitely uh, it's a you know it's a fine line between being humble and still having that confidence man mm-hmm. i feel like you know being cocky is one thing but to be cocky I mean, to be confident in yourself man like come on man you, you, there's no way you're going to make it out here you know i don't care what you do in life you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying even if you wanted to be a professional Hugh hefner you gotta have some confidence <laughs> right? you dig me you gotta have a lot of confidence if you want to go into that Come on, man. You got to have it. But, you know, it's times that we all get discouraged, bro. So it's just like, you know, in those moments, you got to, you know, take a step back, you know, reevaluate, re-up, you know, write your plan out. You know, that's I feel like that's one of the things that I'm not afraid to do. I'm not afraid to to um, to um go back to the drawing board. Mm. Like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I'm like, okay, we're – because uh, the hardest thing for people to do, bro, is to really look at themselves and recognize, like, okay, everything that, that went wrong, potentially like to basically take own up to it. Yeah. I feel My like fault. if you can't own up yeah, like I feel like we do to a certain degree create our lives, bro. So it's just like uh, that's a tough thing to when, when something is not going your way, it's like, okay, what what am I doing wrong? Exactly. Because if we yeah, you know, because if we looking at everybody else outside of us that we're blaming everybody else and everything outside of us, we're gonna have to depend on those things, those people and those circumstances to fix it. And that's some scary shit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. The the people who, you know, we would classify as failures or having currently failed in what they're trying to do, like the common thread is that they blame other people and they're not thinking about what am I doing that's not right. Yeah, definitely, man. And and that's that's kind of where we're at, man. It's like I feel like the universe is always showing us that, like, look, hey, what are we going to wait for Trump to fix your problems? Like. (laughs) Like, what do you want to do? Like, you got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And like I said, man, if you waiting for somebody else to fix your problems, it's a wrap. Yeah, especially our current president. But uh, so you moved into music after basketball. And, you know, if you could pick anybody in that, that world to work with, who would be the top person at your list? Who would you most want to work with? Man, uh, it used to be Eminem. Uh-huh. But, um, hmm. You're losing respect for M? What's going on? Nah, nah, nah. I love Eminem, man. But I don't know. I guess I just, you know, you just change as you get older, I guess. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to be in there with Dr. Dre. I feel like it don't get no bigger than that in hip hop. Um, That's big. Yeah. You know, although we didn't come out with any records or anything like that, you know, we didn't make any records. But, you know, uh, uh, who would I say? You know what, man? I would like to sit down. I would do something with J. Cole, bro. Hmm. J. Cole, definitely, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm a huge J. Cole fan. You're in a you're in a unique position to give your opinion on this, so I'm fascinated by it. We've seen a lot of basketball players 
turn to music and specifically rap. Who yeah. who's the best, who's the worst? Uh, the best is Damian Leonard Lillard. He's legit. I'm, I'm myself. That was shocking. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not even including myself in it, but uh, of I course. have to say like that Damian Lillard. Uh-huh. And the, the the trashiest was uh <laughs> who was this trash? Like, yo, uh Kobe was pretty bad. Kobe uh, was pretty bad. Nah, nah, I know somebody worse. No, I don't even think Kobe was trash like that. Uh, it was just that it was just bad timing, man. Um, you know, he was in a video with the suit with the tight fro. You know, yeah. it just wasn't a good look. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm just playing. Uh, who was terrible? Uh, <laughs> dog, I don't even know. Um, I remember that rap album that. Do you, do remember, you remember? Oh, B-ball. Do you remember B-ball's like, best kept secrets? And it was, that's what I think. That's one. It was had like. Uh, Jason like, Kidd and Dana Barrows and those guys and Dana Barrows. Um, who else is on there? Malik Seeley was rapping on there. Uh, right, I think Chris Mill. Uh, I want to say, goddamn it, what's his name? Um, Bobby uh, Bobby Shirls. <laughs> oh my God, we're I'm looking this up right now because we have to we have to look at this track list because that was awful. Man, I can't even think of who's the worst, yo. All right, B Ball's best kept secrets. So we have uh, Check It, Dana Barrows, Lost in the Sauce, Malik Seeley, Mike, Mike Check One Two is Shaq, uh, Flow On was Cedric Sabalos and Warren G. Anything can happen. Dad, is that was trash to me? Oh yeah, oh it's awful. Brian Shaw, uh, something to groove to was Chris Mills. Uh, yeah, what the kid did was Jason Kidd. J.R. Ryder yeah. had Funk in the Trunk. Dennis Scott had All Night Party. Living Legal and Large was Gary Payton. And uh, You Don't Stop was Dana Barros and Cedric Sabalos. You know what? I applaud them brothers for doing that, though, man. Oh, sure. Sure, but yeah, it was I terrible. I might go ahead and, and, and listen to the album for kicks one day, man. Just sit back and just listen to them guys. Because I, I clearly remember having that tape, bro. I think you might regret that like four minutes in. Nah, one day I'm going to be chilling with some chicks. We're going to be smoking some hookah, and I'll just like, hey, you guys on the left? Throw that on and have a good uh, time. All right, last, <laughs> last thing I want to do for you, Mo, is a quick word association. First thing that comes to your mind when uh, when I talk about these players. Josh Howard. Real dude. Dirk. Hardest working player I've ever played with. Stackhouse. Gangsta. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Coach Stackhouse would love to be described as gangster. He's a gangster. <laughs> Jason Terry. No other way to mind it. Huh? Jason Terry. Jason Terry. Uh, informant. Elaborate. Oh, you know, that was my nickname for Jay Terry, man. He used to, uh, he used to be like the team informant. You know, we had like a night, uh, one of those good night outs, you know, and uh, we come in, you know, smelling like the Hennessy. He'd be uh-huh. the first one to be like, hey, who in here smells like Hennessy? I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Is that you, Rook? Like man, we were partying together. How you go? Why you, why you, why you throw me under the bus? So I was like, ever since then, man, we started calling him informant. The whole team started calling him informant. And well, uh, that, yeah, man, that's that's a great inside fact right there. Kevin Willis, man, strong. Eddie Kay Jones, Willis strong. K. Willis got a strong forehead <laughs> and short arms. <laughs> and uh, he has a really good gene line, man. So that How about EJ? Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones, oh, that, I mean, me and Eddie used to get into it, but Eddie was Eddie was hilarious. Uh, Eddie Eddie gave me one of his suits, man. He one of them, one of his big suits. It was like one of them Steve Harvey suits. <laughs> but uh, Eddie Jones, man, Eddie Jones. If I had to get Eddie Jones one word, cocky. Like, really, I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, have got God. that. Eddie Jones is one of the. But it was like it was hilarious though. It's funny. I remember one time we was in practice. We, no, we was at a shoot-around getting ready to play the ball. He's like, yeah, man, I'm one of the only players that was able to keep Michael Jordan under 20. I was like, man, shut your ass up, man. I used to watch those games. You ain't never keep MJ under 20. Shut up. You know, oh, I think man. that's pretty cocky to say, man. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Jordan was a like, cool 30 every time he plays. Oh, yeah. You, you know you look at the box score and Jordan had 45. <laughs> Come on, man. But, the, but Eddie's going to say he, you know, he had 20 on like 9 of 28 shooting. Yeah, but Eddie's uh, cool, man. He's a great guy. How about Vince Carter? Ah, the homie. The uh, homie. All right, we're going to get a, a little bit different here. Yi John Leon. Yi? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yi was my friend. Like, we never talked. 
we just kind of like just head nodded and like laughed at the same jokes. Uh-huh. Like, what was his like, English was, like? like huh? What was his English like when he was playing with you guys? Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> I told you we didn't talk. We just said like we just our souls connected. Like, yeah, man, I get it. You get uh, it. Yep. All right, cool. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Brooke Lopez. Uh, Brooke Lopez. He's a goofy kid, man. He's just he's a just like he's a kid. He's a child. Uh, like he's just one of those guys who, who probably watches Dragon Ball Z and plays Mario Kart. You know what I'm saying? I absolutely know what you're saying. How about Kevin Love? Okay, Love. Oh man, okay, Love. He was weird. He uh, actually, I still like. I got a. He gave me a quad contusion my last NBA season, and okay. um, what people don't know is I was hurt that whole preseason, and I had a nine um, nine uh, what you call it uh. What's those deals you get? Uh, non guaranteed oh, The 10 day. Oh, non guaranteed. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I had a non guarantee, so I had to make the team pretty much. I was on the training camp and um, it was overseas. I was playing really well, and they, played, they had me at the one, too. I was playing extremely well. I mean, mm-hmm. I would go as far as to say I was playing. I was one of the top three players on the team that year, as far as like going into the season and the way I was playing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the coach yeah. tell you, like, I played really, really well. And um, he needed me. And I had a quad contusion, bro, and it still hurts to this day. I'm rubbing it right now. It still hurts. So I was out for that whole preseason, man. I nursed my well, – they nursed me back for the very last preseason game. And, um, you know, we played the Milwaukee Bucks. I came out, had eight, maybe four, five, six rebounds and a mm-hmm. few assists. Played good. Made the team. But Kevin Love, one word, two words, um, quad contusion. <laughs> how about how – about, uh... <laughs> That's, that's that's good, man. That's good. How about a uh, Darko Milicic? I don't know that guy. Didn't you play with Darko? Nah, I don't even know Darko. I'm mad the Pistons drafted him. Oh, I thought you played with Darko at some point. Basketball nope. basketball I'm reference mad. is lying to me. Uh, I, they could have drafted Melo B. Oh, that's crazy. That that's absolutely crazy that that did not happen. That was like the height of those the international phase. You got Darko. You got a. Uh, Oh God, the guy from the Nuggets, Nicholas Skidishvili, like the number five pick. Oh man, uh, yeah, I don't even know what it is. No, you, there's no, there's no reason to. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, who else? <laughs> all right, last guy, last guy I got for you is Michael Beasley. Beasley, dog, that was the homie. I want to hear a like Beasley, Beasley story. Uh, I used to go to Beasley crew. We used to work on music, and um, you know, he's just like. I used to be locking Beasley up. He, I used to make him frustrated. Like he hated me guarding him because I was in his ass. Pause. And um, like uh, Beasley was, I don't know, man. I just feel like man, there's certain guys that like get bad reputations, and I feel like he was one of them. Man. He was, he was really transparent. You know, mm-hmm. he was honest, but he was, a, he was a solid, genuine dude, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I kind of, I, I hate when like guys like him get those bad raps for whatever reason. But the time I spent with him, like I respected him, man, and you know. Real cat. All right. Well, uh, Mo, I've appreciated this. I've taken up enough of your time. So uh, this has been this episode of Tales from the Association. My guest has been Mo Ager. Mo, seriously, man, thanks. I've appreciated this. No doubt. Hey, make sure y'all follow me on Instagram. That's the M-O-E-A-G-E-R. Y'all check that link in the bio. That's the Mo House uh, album. Y'all go ahead and download that joint. Matter of fact, don't listen to it. Buy the album, man. You can buy it for $7. You can buy it for 1000 it's on you, man. But either way, support the <laughs> album. You too. Oh, you know the album, man. oh, I got you. Uh, you got you've got my word. Is hey, is it uh, is it cool with you if we play one of your songs to get out of here? Oh man, go ahead, play that. Like Tesla, and they down underneath like it's Groundhog Day, man. They scared of the pressure. 
Drake and Big Sean ain't the only ones out here getting blessings It all depends what you consider a blessing I consider it cool when all my bros in the sky like Jetsons I'm a living legend from the D, used to live in the projects Now I'm passporting overseas, headed to Belize Man, they staring at me, I'm a foreign object I done made a lot of moves, gaining momentum Free agent team maker, but I'm looking like the number one prospect They complain about their jobs, but they sticking to the program Tell me why you ain't a boss yet Cause I done made a decision to go left When everybody else thought it was better for me to stay in the league Cause I done paved the way to do whatever I please And at the time it felt better to leave Look, I made a choice that was better for me Cause I was ready to spread my wings and fly away And be my own boss, it was better for Reese And credit to God, I done made it to the higher level Made it to the higher elite And doing everything I aspire to be And I don't need another man firing me I'd rather fall off on my own and still land on my feet And don't compare me with no other hoopers When it coming to making music Cause I do it in my sleep And you still hibernating on me? It's all good, little homie, rest in peace I'm gaining momentum, I'm gaining momentum 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 Look, I spend hours on my Twitter account Replying to all of my people Working to the roots to croak I done been around the world twice and back Trying to get the whole crew to go I'ma go so hard to the heavens say that's enough, Aga You done made it to the theaters, you done maxed out I'ma do the most with my life You gon' live and die a hater I'm annihilate them, dilate it now Cause my mind is open to the higher knowledge now Higher learning cause I read it for myself Shout out to our banks, I owe my Fs Man, they'd rather see us die on the steps Man, they scared for the black man to get a little bit of knowledge There's more people in the prison than it is up in college Real talk, man, I got to be honest Tom Mizzle made a promise to my mama that I would graduate And I made it to the day with the cap and gown, man Thank God for the right away And we done been broke for years Now we enjoy the finer things We in the final days and the devil's in this hideaway uh, I'm gaining momentum, I'm gaining momentum 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 I'm gaining momentum What up though? Zone Bonus Should've just put this on the album, man Skip Peace.